You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast here on the Locked On Sports Network. I'm Matt Hayes from 97.1 The Fan, joined by my main man, also from 97.1 The Fan, Brandon Beam. We call him Beamer around here. You guys will get to know him well. Beamer, what is up? Matty, we're living in an Ohio State game week. Can you even believe it? Because, you know, to let the people know who we are, who have never heard us, who don't live in Columbus, who may be listening from, you know, Anchorage, Alaska, to Greenland, to wherever, you know, people are consuming this from is that you know we're producers so we got through the entire summer and a look into our life is that you know the summer sucks because we have to spin stories and we have to create stories and what is going to be interesting to people but the fact that we are here and we're living in football season I could not be happier because now there's so many storylines yes you know we've got live bullets flying around the field every Saturday and it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful thing. I it, love it, man. It's an amazing thing. We've been grinding it out, like you said, for a while now. And obviously, everybody, you're listening to this Buckeye podcast. You're well aware of what went down at Ohio State over the last month sure. and a half. And it's been a rough summer, and we've finally gotten through it. And, yes, like you said, football's here. This is now week two for the Buckeyes. Uh, they are playing Rutgers this week. So what we're going to Rutger. Do, Rutger this week. So what we're going to do is break this thing down into three different segments. We'll go back. And look at what we saw last week. We'll combine that with the offensive stuff. And the second block will hit you on the defense. And the third block will let you know what we're looking forward to in game number two coming up tomorrow. So, Beam, this is absolutely big because now I think when you look back at what happened in week one, the quarterback answered a lot of questions. That being Dwayne Haskins. It's been an offseason of hype around him. I was buying into the hype once I saw what he did in Michigan. We had to come in and actually win the game and not just hold on to something. I was really impressed by that. Then he comes out and absolutely lights up Oregon State. The kid blew me away. He blew me away, and I really think he's going to have an absolute monster season. Yeah, I mean, you saw you know, last year when he entered the game against Michigan, and he comes in for one of the most storied Ohio State quarterbacks of all time, one of the statistical leaders, the statistical leader in pretty much every passing category right. in the entire Big Ten. He has to replace JT Barrett. At the end of that Michigan game, you know, he's out there throwing pills to K.J. Hill, Austin Mack down the sideline. And, you know, I think that got Ohio State fans really excited, Matt. When when you see a guy who comes in who is this, this once in a, I'm not going to say generation, but a once in a 10-year quarterback yep. that changes the culture and the play calling for Ohio State. That's what we talked about all offseason. We can't wait to see Ohio State rip the ball down the field. You had your six returning receivers, leading receivers returning for the Ohio State offense, and you go to game one, and you unleash the young pup, Dwayne Haskins. And that's what they did. And we saw you know, Oregon State, they gave Ohio State a lot of opportunities in the middle of the field, on the edges, through the backfield. They gave Ohio State a lot of opportunities to play dink and dunk ball, and that's what Ohio State did. They didn't give them the deep ball, Mm -hmm. and – I'll make you a guarantee right now that there's absolutely no way we live through six more weeks without seeing the cannon arm Dwayne Haskins oh, let a few rip. No, but, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, the Ohio State offense got what they deserved. Yep. Oregon State gave Ohio State 
every opportunity to dink and dunk their way down the field, right. and you let your receivers and your running backs out of the backfield yak and rack all over the field, no and that's what they it. did. And especially when you combine what Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins sure. are going to do all year long, and Mike Weber was an absolute freak show, and we'll get to him here in a little bit, but just going back to Dwayne, I mean, his ability to take the top off of a defense is going to be so scary for opposing oh, teams every single week. And I don't know if we've seen anything here since the Cardale-Devin Smith relationship. I mean, Devin Smith, when he was here, was right. that threat down the seam, down the sideline, whatever you want to put him. Go get it off, kind of a go guy. Go get it. And yeah. you got to respect that. And that combination with Devin Smith and Zeke was absolutely nasty. So now you're talking about all these senior, not seniors, but guys that came back that are veteran receivers, right? Sure, all three those wide guys receiver captains. coming back. And Paris Campbell, to me, is a guy that I'm always intrigued by because of his blazing speed. So now you combine that with the candidate of Dwayne Haskins, that to me is going to be big. And also, Beam, this isn't kind of a Josh Allen thing to where all we heard was this guy's only no. got a fastball. There's no changeup. There's no curveball. With Dwayne Haskins, he's got touch. He's got accuracy. And he's only getting started. Last week, 22 of 30, Beam, 313 yards, five TDs, and a pick. And on that pick, he kind of got rushed up the middle a little bit. He got you know a little lime and pushed back in his face. So I'm not going to hit him, crush him for that one. But just overall, his first debut against a very weak opponent, we get that. But... Everything that we heard all offseason was that this cat is going to come in and light up defenses, and we can't push back on that at all, even though it was Oregon State. I can't wait to see what he does this week. No, and I think, you know, when you go back to the game against Oregon State, um, if I were to have to grade Dwayne Haskins on his first starting college performance, I'd give him an A-. minus. Yep. He checked every single box for me, and the one thing that I think you can – knock him on was the red zone interception sure. you're going you're getting close to the goal line you're getting close to getting another touchdown I know that you know this is a blowout city this game Jonathan Smith had his hands full yep. walking into that Oregon State locker room uh, but you know the one thing you can knock Dwayne Haskins for and even what he said in his press conference on Monday you know he built Tate Martell up and said, you know, that's Tate. This is the way he's going to play. Yep. And then he focused so much on the negative for Dwayne Haskins with being he can't turn the ball over. He can't turn the ball over. He can't – you just can't do it. Right. And I thought it was great by Ryan Day because, you know, you're walking out of that stadium 10 feet tall and bulletproof right. when you're Dwayne Haskins yeah. going for 300-plus yards, five touchdowns on your first college start. All right, that's pretty good. You're wearing the scarlet and gray. You're right. leading the number 5 team in the country out onto the field. Yeah. But you can't have turnovers, and I love what Ryan Day did. You know, he went out there and he said, listen, we cannot have turnovers in the red zone. Right. And I think that's something that Dwayne Haskins is going to have to work on. Now, obviously, that was an Oregon State team. He got pressured. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't get a whole lot of pressure, but he did get pressured on that play, and he made a panic throw over the middle, and it was bad. But, yeah, I would give him an A-. minus. Right. He just he looks like what we have been talking about for the entire offseason. He looks the part. He looks the part. He looks the part. And I think the big thing here also is – what I saw from him with his legs, which wasn't much. I mean, you're talking and about— And I love that. I love it. You're talking about two rushes beam for 24 yards. Now, the big thing that we're going to have to monitor is when the big dog comes back and starts roaming the sideline, sure. will the offense change? Because Ryan Day, what he did is what I wanted to see. Because we knew once JT Barrett left— I think the offense had to change a little bit because of the skill set. Now, if Tate Martell's your guy in week one, no doubt about it. You run the RPO system. You do what you do. JT Barrett 2.0. Absolutely. Yeah. You do what you do in Urban's offense. But now that you've got a guy that can really back defenses off with these two running backs, I think you keep that same offense that we saw a week ago. 
I want to get to these running backs real quick because what Mike Weber showed me was absolutely amazing. Because dog. he came back. Yes, he is a dog. He came back last year being a little nicked up throughout the year. J.K. Dobbins gets to start at Indiana week one. And then he comes back and he shows he's got a little bit of speed. So I'm like, okay, is this the new Mike Weber? I was waiting to see him. Or is get, it the old Mike or Weber? Or is it the old Mike Weber? So I'm waiting to see, get through another offseason, get your body right. What's Mike Weber going to look like? Well, he came out 20 carries, a mm-hmm. buck 86, and three trips to the end zone. So that, to me, That's fine. was a big, big deal. And that offensive line was moving people. Again, we get it. It's Oregon State. But we have to go with what we saw in week one. And Mike Weber was an absolute monster beam. And I can't wait to see how this unfolds the rest of the season because you got two really good 1,000-yard backs, two of them, on your squad. How is this thing going to play out? I don't think it's a it's a, what we call a good issue to have, right? Absolutely it is. When you look at J.K. Dobbins, you know, he obviously cemented himself as the starter, you know, late in training camp last season going into his true freshman year. You have the game against Indiana where he goes wild on his first game in college football. And then, you know, the Mike Weber injury thing. And it's like, all right, let's hold Mike back until he's fully healthy. And I think at the end, you know, getting to like week seven, week eight last year, Ohio State really started to figure out their identity on offense because not only did you have J.K. Dobbins, but you had a fully healthy Mike Weber. And it seems to me like both of these guys are fully healthy this season. Now, you know, they're going to get banged up. They're going to get nicked up along, you know, as the year goes along. Sure. But to have two of those guys back there of their pedigree and to have two thoroughbreds in that stable of running backs and then even look at, you know, what Brian Snead and Master Teague did oh, right. on Saturday. I right. mean, it's just, you know, the old adage is you don't, you know, you don't rebuild, you reload. Yep. And that's exactly what they do. But, you know, seeing Mike Weber fully healthy and the interesting part last year too was that J.K. Dobbins – He had so many times where he got into the open field and he couldn't break away for a touchdown. Mike Weber's not being caught. No. All right? No. Mike Weber's got wheels. He's leaving cats. And he's gone when he gets into the open field. So how has J.K. Dobbins improved on that breakaway speed? Yeah. It's going to be something so fun to watch. I love a dominant offense, an offensive line that pushes people around, where running backs put their nose down to the nitty-gritty, and a quarterback sets Ohio State up to just rip it over the top when defenses are least expecting it. It's going to be a dangerous offense It's going to be really scary beam, no doubt about it. Another quick note on that is I think we got to look at what Michael Jordan's going to do at center because you're talking about a 6'7 center sliding over from guard, played a little bit of tackle through his early years here at Ohio State. That, to me, is going to be big. That Michael Jordan-Dwayne Haskins relationship, because think about it. You've had Pat Elfline and Billy Price the last handful of years. Those guys have been Remington back to Trophy. Back Remington. Right. Those yeah. guys are absolute studs. Pat Elfline is looking like a boss for the Vikings, and I think I'm going to expect the same thing for Billy Price with the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, we got to hit a quick break here. What we're going to do is come back and talk about the defense and what we took away from game one. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, Beam, let's hit on this defense because there was some part of Buckeye Nation that didn't love what they saw in game number one. For me personally, I'm not going to freak out. You don't love the 31 points against an inferior opponent in Oregon State. I get that. But they were big chunk plays. And also, I think a key thing to remember in this scenario is you didn't have Jordan Fuller, your starting safety. He's been a little nicked up with a hamstring injury. looks like he's going to be kind of a game-time decision for the next couple weeks. And I think, honestly, you hold him out against Rutgers and you bring him back if he can play for TCU in Jerry's world. I think that's the more important game. I think you can get past Rutgers without Jordan Fuller this week. But just going back to the big plays that they did give up, you don't love it, clearly. But I don't know if I'm going to freak out about this yet. If we get to tomorrow's game, and they're giving up huge plays to Rutgers, I think you got a bit of a problem. But 
I think you got to just stand pat a little bit and let this defense develop. You got to trust Greg Schiano and these coaching, this coaching staff to get it right. Your thoughts being on the big plays that the Buckeyes gave up a week ago in the shoe. Well, I think that anytime that you go into a season opening game and you know that Jonathan Smith is coming over, you know, a great offensive mind and, you know, he has limited, he's got limited weapons. Um, but anytime you have got a guy like Artavis Pierce for Oregon State just running wild. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said it on Saturday, if if his team, if Oregon State was any more competent, he could have been a Buckeye Slayer. Because what did he have, 180-some yards on the day? 168. Two 168. TDs, yep. 168 and two touchdowns. 15 you go in, a pop. You go into the horseshoe and you average 15 yards a pop. Yeah. I know that you had an 80-yard run in there, sprinkle in there, but still. You go into Ohio Stadium – and you do that, I mean, Artavis Pierce is going to be telling his grandkids about that day. As he should. Yeah, As absolutely. Should. You went into the horseshoe and you rushed for 160-some yards against the Silver Bullet defense, yep. against that defensive line. But I think when you look at the chunk plays, you just have to hope that when Ohio State fully gets up to gear and you get tough Borland back yep. and you get Jordan Fuller back, you get those two – you know, backbones of their units yeah. back onto the the playing field, that that's going to solve a lot of problems because, you know, you've got your safety valve back there in Jordan Fuller who probably wouldn't let a lot of those chunk yards exactly. happen. Um, you would have tough Borland back there who's going to be checking into defenses, uh, doing everything that he can to match the quarterback. But, yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you're grading the defense, I think the defensive line was obviously spectacular. Uh, there were multiple plays in the game where Draymond Jones and Chase Young and Nick Bosa were getting to the quarterback in like two seconds. And yeah. they were all getting there at the same time. Right. And that's what I can't stress enough is that not only do you have one guy getting there very quick, Maddie, but you have two, three guys who are all getting there at the same time, yeah. collapsing every single angle from the quarterback. It's huge. And when that happens, that constricts an offense. Yes. And there is absolutely nowhere to go. Right. And that can be so frustrating for opposing teams yep. because you could say, all right, well, we're going to set up a draw play maybe if they're going to be too heavy with rushing. Well, that doesn't happen all the time, and that won't work right. because then you're going to have your linebackers sitting six yards deep saying, all right, well, you guys haven't been able to throw the ball all game because yep. our pass rush has been so good. We're not going to bite on any sort of play fake, and they're just going to sit there. Like that defensive line is going to be so constricting, and I can't stress enough when Tough Borland and when Jordan Fuller get back on that defensive side of the ball, it's, I think you could see a truly special Ohio State defense. It's going to be huge, and I think the one thing, if there is going to be concern in the secondary, if those guys aren't going to be as sharp as we think they can be, I happen to think they'll be perfectly fine just because of the addition of those two guys that you laid out. But DBs love a great pass rush, and that's exactly what this is going to be for Ohio State because they don't have to cover that long. They know the ball is going to be coming out quick or they know the quarterback is going to be on the ground. So there's only a couple of different routes that you're going to have to cover, I think, a lot of times when you're playing Ohio State. And one of them caught him up uh, in the in the game against Oregon State where you're talking about that quick slant. That got him. One of sure. those, those are going to be the type of routes that these quarters, bubble screen. Exactly. Those quick passes yeah. because if you're an opposing coach coming into Ohio State or if you're facing Ohio State, the last thing that you want to do is give Nick Bosa and Chase Young time to tee off on your quarterback with five to seven step drops. That absolutely cannot oh, no. happen. There's no way. That cannot happen. So you are gonna, you should know in Ohio State, play, they play a ton of man. That's what Greg Schiano does. That's what Craig Press K coverage. Yep, that's what Tabor yep. Johnson, Kerry Combs, that's what they've been doing. They trust their corners. Kendall Sheffield, all these guys out there, Damon Arnett, those guys should be able to blanket people 
for a long enough time because they're not going to have to do it. They're not going to have for to that long. They're not going to have to cover them for right. six to eight seconds. It's not going to happen. That's not going to be the way. And the big thing is this Larry Johnson Rushman package that he's brought over sure. since coming to Ohio State. These guys are always going to be fresh. You're hearing Greg Schiano on our station on the coaches show talk about some of the young guys getting in there with Tyreek Smith and Pete Warner and Tyler Friday. These guys that just keep coming in. They're just relentless on offensive linemen. It's an absolute relentless thing. Look at what the Eagles have done. We watched the game last night it's just pass rush after pass rush after pass rush and if you can't slow that down it's going to be a long long day for your uh excuse me for your offense I just think overall they'll be okay beam I'm not too worried about it you have potentially the number one overall pick on your defense you have potentially the back-to-back number one overall picks in Chase Young and Nick Bosa and that's how strong this defense is when you go back and you talk about you know, man coverage and Tavor Johnson and Greg Schiano really like and really like to get in guys' faces right. and abuse them at the line. You know, one thing that we see with Ohio State, you know, going back to the coverage and the pressure on the quarterback is that those D linemen get there so fast yeah. that rarely do you see Ohio State blitz. And rarely when right. you have to blitz are you going to get beat on anything down the field. And that's so huge for Ohio State. And when you have your quarterback being rushed, being flushed out of the pocket, you know, having to throw on the run, that can cause a lot of problems for your quarterback where you may be throwing ducks up, you know, and then you're going to have guys jumping up and get it. I mean, it's only a matter of time, I think, before we see an Ohio State game where they go absolutely nuts with the takeaways. I think it's going to be either this week against Rutgers or you could see week four against Tulane. I think TCU is a bit too – you know, a bit to strategize for sure. that. I don't think we'll see it in that game. But this week against Rutgers, I do, I do expect with a, fre- <coughs> excuse me, with a freshman quarterback Art Sikowski back yeah. there, I do expect some turnovers. A guy who threw three interceptions against Texas State. Oof. Now you're going into the horseshoe. You're going into the scarlet fever, <laughs> and you have to face that defense. Good luck, sir. And also a defense that. Went into the film room this week, and I'm sure Greg Schiano got after them. So of you course got, he did. You got They'd the, had a bad performance. I think this is great because you got the benefit of a win, but the coaching staff can go in there and say, you know what, defense, this isn't good enough. It's not acceptable. We shouldn't be giving up 31 points to Oregon State. It better not happen against Rutgers. Another guy on that D-line that I think kind of gets slept on a little bit is Draymond Jones. I know. Because when you talk about the guys on the Heart ends, and soul of that defense. But, man, Bean, when you get that pass rush up the middle of the D-line, right in the quarterback's face, that can be so dangerous. So I just think this D-line, whether the DBs, whether the LBs have monster years, I don't think they're going to have to because this D-line is going to absolutely be wrecking people. So I'm not worried, Beam. I put If I had to put it on a 10 scale – I put it right now at about a four and a half. Now, if we're coming in here on Monday, talking about Rutgers coming in the shoot, dropping 35, 30 plus, yeah. we got a problem. Yeah, we I got a problem. 100% agree because next week, you know, you really lock, stock, and barrel. You go down to Jerry World and you face the Horned Frogs at TCU. But I'm with you. I'm probably, right now, game one, a lot of new guys playing on that defense. Um, I'm going to go with about a three because I, three? yeah, I'm not, I'm not that worried at all. Um, but you're right. If we come in on Monday morning, and Ohio State gives up 30, 28, 35 yeah, points, that, then that's going to be worrisome right. for me. Unless it comes in garbage time where it's the true fresh. I'm talking about the, the ones and the twos. If sure. we get to the yes. ones, and it, then yes. we got a problem. But if we come in here and let's say the to the 
fours or the threes give up two touchdowns late. That's fine. Then we won't freak out about that. A couple quick notes before before we hit another break here. Greg Shano did come out and say that Tough Borland will be on a pitch count this week against Oregon. Good to see him out yes, there. Yes, uh, it was great to see him out there. I can't. I don't know how this is happening. We were talking about the Achilles injury. It That's is nuts. A, it's, it's really nuts. Also, he threw out that Sean Wade can add some depth to the cornerbacks and also the safety room. So watch out for young Sean Wade. we got to hit a quick break here. We'll come back and let you know what we expect in the game against Rutgers. You are Locked On Buckeyes, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, well, we got to get into the preview of the Buckeyes-Rutgers game, first Big Ten game of the year for Ohio State. Uh, you mentioned the young quarterback, Art Sikowski, mm-hmm. a New Jersey guy. Uh, went down to the IMG Academy. Went down so I'm, to sure IMG. That, I'm sure that a lot of these Ohio State players who came from that, you know, Florida area yes. are very familiar yep. with Art Sikowski. The um I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, the quarterback who went to Minnesota and won the starting job as a Another true as, a, as a walk on yes. was his backup. So you know that he's got talent. I believe he was a four star guy coming out of Miami high school. Commit. He right. decommitted from Miami. Jersey guy staying home. One of the job you didn't mention the three interceptions against Texas State. Look, he's a young guy. He's going to make a ton of mistakes. I don't think it's anything that Ohio State has to worry about. Wanted to mention this because I think it is a big deal and it's going to affect the uh, the Ohio State offense. Their top cornerback, Blashawn Austin, mm-hmm. is going to miss the Bless game. Him. Bless, Bless him, Austin. Bless him, Austin. And this is going to be this is a big blow for them. This is a big blow sure for them is. because you're talking about an Ohio State team who is absolutely explosive against Oregon State. If they don't have their guy on the outside, it is going to be a long, long day for that DB room because I am fully expecting the same type of offensive style from the Buckeyes this week. It needs to be pedal to the metal. You do not let up, and you come out, and you're as sharp as possible for, two, for a half, for, you know, two and a half quarters, whatever the case is, the Buckeyes just need to come out and do them because I'm not expecting a ton of pushback from Rutgers. Even if Austin was playing, sure. I wouldn't expect much from them. So their top cornerbacks out, something to watch in the game tomorrow. Yeah, and I think uh, you know when you look at Rutgers and you look at the young quarterback – uh, I was doing a little bit of film study. You know, oh, I was, I was, in, I was in the lab. I was watching I their like uh, their game against their game against Texas State. And one thing that I noticed, and you know that I am a O line D line buff. Trenches, I love, baby. I love I love a good trench yes. warfare. It is my favorite thing to watch in a football game. The one thing that you know you were talking about the secondary and how the receivers are going to probably be open all day. The one thing that worries me the most for Rutgers is that their offensive line is not very good. They are just not a good offensive line. And, you know, we spent the better part of the second segment in this show talking about the defensive line power and the prowess that they have. And going up against an offensive line for Rutgers, who is maybe the weakest unit on the team, that could pose a giant problem for Rutgers that's my biggest area of concern for Rutgers and then my biggest area of excitement for Rutgers would have to be Rasheem Blackshear oh. this kid this running back that they have Maddie um you know a la you know Curtis Samuel 2.0 back H-back, there little slash yeah yeah little slash back uh he looks exactly like Artavis Pierce did last week for Oregon State he's a shifty guy he can catch balls out of the backfield uh he can run it you know, east to west, north to south, whatever you yep. ask him to do. Uh, I just don't know what that offensive line is going to do. So my guess is that you are going to see 
a Rutgers offense that is going to be drawing up quick hitters, something to touch, just give him the ball, yep. try and get him to space, and let him make moves in the open field. But if they can't do it and Ohio State constricts them like they usually do opponents, and they have Rutgers over the past two years, it's been 58 and 56 to nothing over the past Ooh. two years. Um, you know, when you do that, that can be tough sledding, but Raheem Blackshear, watch out for him. Yep. Uh, he is a very, very good player for the Scarlet Knights. Raheem Blackshear, 19 total touches last week, uh, over 100 yards from the line of scrimmage. So he, no doubt, is a weapon for sure. So I, I just don't expect – here's the thing. I think if you're Chris Ash and this is your Rutgers squad, I think this is a measuring stick game to where how long sure. can we just not get pushed around? Can the offensive line, can the defensive line have any type of pushback against Ohio State? I think that's where you have to measure yourself if you're the Rutgers program right now. I don't think you have any expectation of coming in here, if you're being honest with no, yourself, no, you can't. and winning this you game. Can't. It can't happen. So there's guys on this offense that you got to key on when you talk about Blackshear. We got to him. Bo Melton last week, four mm -hmm. receptions, 57 yards, 14 a pop is some guy that you got to watch. So I'm sure Kendall Sheffield, Damon Arnett, Okuda, whoever it is, will draw that assignment, and I would expect them to really get after him. It's just I'm with you, Beam. It's going to be my eyes are going to be on this D-line for Ohio State versus the Rutgers offensive line because when you're talking about a freshman, Art Sikowski, coming in here, he's never it's in his life. Task. He's never in his life yeah. faced guys he's going to face coming up tomorrow never even when life. you play texas state of course it's not know, even it's close. a it's a whole different animal when you walk in you know saturday at the shoe and you've got one hundred four thousand people screaming at you it's a totally different animal um and for Rutgers, i do i think that the biggest thing is get out of this game have use it as a measuring tool right and try not to be embarrassed for the third year in a row by ohio state and um yeah that's that's what i think I don't think that Rutgers has any chance of winning this game. I think it's going to be blowout fashion for the Buckeyes. No doubt about it. 3.30 kick tomorrow Tomorrow at the shoe. Ohio State coming in ranked fourth in the latest AP poll. The spread, if you're into that thing, is at 35 in favor of the Buckeyes. All right, so that's episode one. What's your prediction for the game? Let's get a scoreline. Yeah, you know what? We probably should do that. I'm going to go Buckeyes 54, Rutgers 10. I'm going Buckeyes 63, Rutgers 17. Rutger 17. All right. Well, we'll be back on Monday. This is the first episode of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Brandon Beam, Matt Hayes from 97.1 The Fan. Make sure you catch us then.